Welcome to Your Highness Podcast, a show where we get comfortable with the uncomfortable, uncover areas of cannabis where accessibility and inclusiveness are lacking, and elevate conversations about ways to affect real change in this space with a specific focus on folks who identify as women. Welcome to Your Highness Podcast. This is your host, Diana Crash, and today I am joined by a wonderful guest co-host, one of my favorite people in cannabis and really in any industry period, (laughs) Adelia Carrillo, who is the CMO of Event High, um, which is a digital platform, uh, event platform. Am I saying that correctly, Adelia? Yep, yep, yeah. (laughs) So, um, Adelia, before we get started on our really super interesting topic, I'm going to do the segment that we do every episode, and you've done it before because you've been on the show before. Um, We're going to do Fave Pot, Fave Not Pot, where we discuss our current favorite cannabis-related item and our favorite non-cannabis-related item at the moment, and it can literally be anything. So, I'll start with my Fave Pot item. And that is, um, I received, well, I I bought it. I didn't receive it. (laughs) I received it in the mail after I purchased it. Um, (laughs) uh, Raw Hemp Flower Oil by Brooklyn Hemp Co. Brooklyn Hemp Company, not Brooklyn Hemp Co. Today, I'm having a hard time. (laughs) I'm having a hard time today, period. Okay, so um, this Raw Hemp Flower Oil is a tincture. And it isn't flavored, but it's really nice because um, you hold it under your tongue for 60 seconds and then you swallow it and it doesn't have like a strong taste because, you know, sometimes hemp oil can be like, yeah, yeah, that aftertaste. (laughs) Right. This one doesn't really have that at all. It's very um, light and it and it absorbs very quickly and it really helps with my headaches. And I think it's really great for focus. Um, So, yeah, I definitely recommend that. And I'll no, put I that link in the notes. Yeah, yeah. these are one of my favorite things. And well, oh, and Joanna, thank you again for bringing me back. I'm excited to be here as well. And obviously, this is one of my favorite like segments of your show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite uh, favorite pot item uh, now is. And I don't even, honestly, I'm like, I was thinking about it. I'm like, did I say this last time? So I don't know. <laughs> I actually was like, I think she might have. <laughs> right? Yeah. So anyways, the, the, the product then that I still like, <laughs> is, um, it's Kiva Confections. It's mm-hmm. a five milligram cannabis infused espresso beans. Mm. Um, they also do chocolate covered acai berries, uh, I believe is what it's called, but it's like the perfect thing for me. And the, you know, if I'm doing errands or throughout the day, it's just enough to where if I, you know, five milligrams and if I need, and then I can just add more, you know, as I need wow. it, but it's just the perfect little micro dose basically. Wow. And yeah. you just do one like the whole day? 
No, no. Oh. no that's- <laughs> I was going to say, wow. <laughs> yeah, Good for you. Off. Yeah, just to start it off. But it's like perfect because it's balanced, you know, like, right. if I'm just like, like you said, like if you have a headache or if I'm like, just, a, you know, just need a little bit of just a, a de-stressor or help with anxiety, I, I just pop like one or two. And then obviously right. it depends on how, how much, you know, where my pain level is at for the day or kind of what I'm going through. Right. Um, but yeah, it's one of my favorites. That's awesome. I really want to try it. I don't know if they have them in Maryland. I have to look into that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know they they're starting to expand to different states, but um, yeah, I don't know yet. We'll have to see, or maybe there'll be another company similar, you know, that does something like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. I I'm all about espresso beans and especially <laughs> infused ones. Woo. Right. Uh, that could be trouble for me. <laughs> I'll be like, I'm not awake enough yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So my fave not pot item is. Yoko with Adrian, which uh, <laughs> when I said this to you earlier, you said, oh, I love her because who doesn't? I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. I swear. <laughs> yep. It's everything. It's like, her voice, like her, her, um, her classes. Yeah. Like it's, it's, I, I love her too. <laughs> I love the accessibility of it. You know, I'm all about accessibility, but um, <laughs> I love how she has like the short little videos because I can only do things anymore in like 10 minute increments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like 20 <laughs> minutes on a good day so um it I feel like I get a lot done in that in that amount of time when I when I do her uh yoga which is free if you're a prime member and I'm not getting any money for saying this so. <laughs> <laughs> but she's so cool she like does her yoga with her dog and and frame and um she's just like totally chill about it and I really am a big fan. So that's, that's, that's what was keeping me sane today. So that's what <laughs> I, I am picking that to be my fave, not pot. Yeah. I love do. I do love how she has the 10 minute like increment videos. Cause you're right. Sometimes throughout the day, like you need it, but you do not have the time. So those right. videos are, and they work, you actually feel good or even a little workout. You're like, you right. know, your abs are burning or whatever. So yeah. I, yeah. Um, this month, my favorite not pot is, uh, I'm going to be going towards a book that I've been reading. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called good chemistry, the science of connection from soul to psychedelics. And nice. this is written, uh, by a psychiatrist and psychedelic researcher. She actually really focuses on the, uh, exploration and the science of, of human connection and, you know, why we need it how we've lost it, whether it's through society or technology um, and how we might be able to find it again. And it's, it's honestly, it's been weird uh, looking at it because it's made me really question a lot of, uh, I guess, situations or even right. just like how I react at times. It like puts wow. me in check, you know, like I'm like, yeah. oh, that makes a lot of sense. So huh. it's been a good one. Yeah. I'm going to have to put that on my list because I just finished uh, a book and I'm looking for, well, I have some books on a book list, but I'm going to put that on my list because that sounds fascinating. And I imagine, especially for you right now, because aren't you microdosing? Yes. Yeah. I've been, I started a microdose um, because, you know, uh, I started with cannabis to help a lot with my anxiety, my my Mm -hmm. depression, and even my body uh, pain. And, um, the past year it actually, without even recognizing it, um, I, I guess, you know, anxiety was controlling my life again. Like I couldn't go to the store without my partner. I couldn't even call the doctor, make phone calls. Like I, and it would just become normal. Like he never questioned it. Like it was just, 
that was the thing, you know, I was just like, I can't, I can't do this. So he would just do those things for me. And mm -hmm. after a year, I finally realized that like, dang, like my anxiety has been controlling a lot of me wow. again. And so I decided to look into microdosing and um, I started after a bit about four months of research and yeah, it's been, it's been good. It's been a good uh, transition. Awesome. Yeah. I really want to try that. That's uh, something that I'm starting to explore on my own as well, because I've heard nothing but good things about it. And every, all the research I've read is fascinating. Um, and also I'm a big fan of psychosibling. So <laughs> I'm sure I didn't pronounce that correctly. I swear. I, yeah, I am. I am not too sure how to say, pronounce it. Yeah. You're on the right path though. You're researching it. That's the one thing. Right. You know, we all should be, re if, if we're interested, research it. Don't just jump straight to it. <laughs> right. I've been researching it for a long time about the effects with like healing the trauma and things like that. But it's, it's really interesting. And I think that a lot more people should be uh, reading about it. And yeah. so that's really interesting. And I'll definitely link the book in our show notes. Um, so networking and other in-person productions may seem impossible right now, um, but there are a ton of virtual offerings available. And Adelia is at the forefront of all things event related. Um, and there is no one more knowledgeable or capable of shifting to the new normal than she is. Um, <laughs> really, truly. I mean, seriously, I'm in awe of you every day. Um, while there are certainly many benefits to this new format, there are also a lot of roadblocks keeping the digital content from reaching everyone. Um, so with her expertise, we'll be discussing some of the major accessibility issues that are most common with online events. I'm, I'm glad that we're, you know, that we decided to go about this conversation. Um, you know, I know months ago we talked about accessibility issues and this was before COVID. And so even now it's, I think you're right, like a bigger, even more of an issue. And I right. think this is yeah, a great conversation for event hosts to learn um, or even just get some tips and, and gain awareness of how they could do things a little bit differently. Yes, absolutely. Um, um, so one major accessibility roadblock I see a lot is uh, transcriptions being available. There are a lot of great services out there like Otter, O-T-T-E-R, um, that offer free audio transcription up to a certain amount of minutes each month. That's an interesting one. I'll ha I, I, you know, I was really starting to look at the different platforms and Otter seems to be very popular too. Um, I, I definitely agree that this is a, you know, accessibility is a huge roadblock. Um, I'm actually working with a event host right now who wanted to make sure she was being mindful of how she was um, offering her virtual events. And, you know, her first approach was um, to add an extra comma, uh, an extra person on camera, basically, um, on screen with her that would um, be a ASL interpreter. Um, you know, and I think that's a good start, you know, that, that, and that she was willing to start having that discussion. And, you sure. know, um, I think just to even be more mindful, event hosts who are who are going to you know be going virtual, they need to prepare to provide access for people who are deaf or hard of hearing, uh, have sensory disabilities, um, those who are blind or visually impaired, um, and right. even those who are intellectually um, and and developmentally uh, maybe disabled. So right, right, and there are a lot. There's a lot of things that people don't realize when it comes to sensory or. Um, 
like when people have to put image descriptions and things because like the way the viewer shows it um, when you can't read things in its um, typical format. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that a lot of people don't consider. I mean, I, I make that mistake a lot. I forget to put in the image description in with every single social media post and I should. Um, so those are some really big things. I mean, a lot of it is, is, is difficult when you have a limited budget, obviously. Yeah, yeah definitely. You know, but I think there's still even just some basic tips. Um, I actually wrote a few down that I'd be happy to share. Yes, of yeah. course. I, we always want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I definitely research a lot because, you know, we yeah. have to keep learning ourselves. So, right. Um, so just a couple right away, you know, especially to be mindful of people's budget. Uh, it's just being more, again, more mindful about how you are preparing and planning the event. So let's say you have an event. There's multiple people who are going to be on camera and on screen. Um, the best practice is for each person to say their name every time uh, before they begin speaking. Um, this helps people with a variety of disabilities, including people who are blind or have low vision, as well as individuals with cognitive disabilities. Um, another one would be to make sure uh, that whoever, that every, if you have, like, say, it's Zoom and you have like 20 people on camera, you know, if we want to be able to change those settings to where you would only show who's speaking at that time, um, right. you know, or that person plus if you have an ASL interpreter also on camera, you just want to make sure that those people are the ones that are on camera to make it even more. Um, uh, make it more, uh, not visible, I, yeah, I guess more visible for, for individuals. Um, and then, you know, depending on the length of the event, maybe even having uh, breaks for people to have in between. That's a to, good point. To mm -hmm. process all this information, you know, at least a 10 minute break. Um, so, yeah. Or Those even when it's not a lot of information, um, because I've been in some instances where, there was like a, like a bingo or something like that. And it's going very quickly. And I think like sometimes people just need a, a minute or two just to reset before they go to the next round of whatever the competition is or whatever, you yeah. know, yeah. the thing is that you're doing. When you can get creative, you can make that fun, you know, Hey, we're going to put some music on or we're going to have a, if you even, if, again, if you have the ability, have a DJ on camera who will do like a five minute little thing, you know, or a stretch, depending on your event, you can really incorporate anything in, in between those 10 minutes or even five minutes. Um, this one was another one, which you kind of, kind of talked into, like, let's say somebody has a PowerPoint, um, you know, the speaker should really describe what is on screen to accommodate individuals. Um, mm -hmm. So, or like you said, even in, if you have an image up there, you want to put more information or you speak about that so people can understand what the other viewers are, are, are watching or looking at. Right. Especially when there's print on that image, you know, I, I have seen that a lot where people flash an image that has um, like pa already points in the image, you know, um, yep. like um text on the image and and that can be hard to read or impossible to read depending on what type of viewer you have on your screen or or supplemental screen um i'm not sure what you call it add-on or something like that because of um, vision issues <clears throat> so it's good to tell people hey there's some things on here you might need later and we can provide this to you in another format or something like that you know that's so true. I like that. Yeah. Being able to provide people with that 
after or, or even before the event, like sharing it before. Um, huh. That's actually, that's a good point. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> well, that's why we're doing this. Reminding <laughs> <laughs> um, happens even during the conversation. <laughs> exactly. So like you, the part where you said speaking people's names before, I think that needs to be broached again because, um, that is a huge issue, I think, when you're doing Zoom calls and things like that, and there's multiple people yelling, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> and the moderator's like, who is talking? Who is talking? You know? That's a really good one. That is, yeah. I did, yeah, that is, and that's happened quite a few times. You're like, wait, who is? Who? Do you even have your camera on, the person talking right, right now? <laughs> yeah. I've missed winning prizes because of it, because I'm like, it's me. It's like, of course, they don't know who I'm who's talking, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can, con- I don't want to, <laughs> let's go back to your list of um, another thing that I know we've talked about at length um, outside of this uh, recording right now is um, affordability, accessibility with these events. Um, I know a lot of the, the events right now are, being offered free or reduced costs because of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. but not all of them are. And so what I saw that was really cool um, and that I took advantage of is um, you can volunteer, you know, offering people volunteer positions is a really good um, way to like kind of be a little bit more accessible with your ticket prices. If you aren't able to, like have a grant program or something like that. Yeah, I, I think that's, yeah, offering even in, for in-person events, you know, volunteering, um, but especially for virtual events, volunteering, offering, like you said, your services. Um, and then too, for event hosts, it, they, I think it is important to have some sort of maybe a scholarship fund, or if you can't, like you're saying, maybe even a sliding scale um, mm-hmm. where you could, do, you know, you could, whether it's, you know, from $1 to the actual ticket cost, whatever that may be, because then you're really allowing for uh, anyone to participate. And, uh, you know, you'd be surprised. I was kind of surprised. You know, I there's people will still actually pay that full cost point. Like there are people who understand, you know, that want to, or, or if they can, they will. It's not like they're always going to go to the lower cost point. They, they, right. you know, so. Um, yeah. I, I like that now because if I have an extra few dollars and they say, Hey, can you donate? I love it when they're just like donated, you know, an open amount, there's not mm-hmm. a specific amount. And then you can say, yep. all right, you know, I want to do four or $5 because, if you could have that four or five dollars, why not? Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So and then too, like, so honestly, when when <laughs> I, I when you took this conversation um, in our in our pre event notes or pre discussion notes, I was even thinking about how when you said financially feasible, it made me even realize like, not everyone is even able to have access to these devices to watch right. or participate, which that was just, you know, of course, like, un- unfortunately, I did, um, I, we all are in different circumstances. And I, I've had, I have a laptop, I have a phone that can get access to this, but there's so many people out there who, who are unable to. And that was something that I'm like, gosh, like, I know it, it's a privilege thing for me, I, I understand that. And but it's like, there are things out there, there are grants, and ways for individuals to get access. Um, 
to you know to laptops and and, uh, and devices and um, we actually have a couple links that we can share too. Uh, um, I think we're going to be putting this in your high, your highness podcast medium account, right? Absolutely, yes. There will be a longer post regarding the many many tips that <laughs> we're coming up with today, and probably some that we don't even cover because. Uh, there's a wealth of information and yeah. so look out for that um, the your highness medium channel and um, so let's go back to some of the other things but the device um, issue I've seen that happen in some in some events that I've been involved with you know it's like it, you might need multiple screens yeah. for some of these things or you know just having that accessibility because like for instance my laptop before i got a new battery um zoom would crash it <laughs> oh, wow. so I, yep. yeah <laughs> i know it's like so annoying <laughs> so i um and i don't even know if it's the battery it could just be the laptop but my point is i had to have my tablet available so that i can you know as a backup and then my phone and i'm thinking what if i didn't have that right now you know like i would look so unprofessional so it's um it's there are a lot of layers to that I think that aren't always considered maybe exactly yeah no I've had my computer like almost you know get so overheated because you right. depending on the platform and then if somebody's showing like like there's a bunch of videos or whatever it is yeah it's it's definitely a common you know issue unfortunately that um, yeah you're like multiple devices like you said having my phone on standby if if it might run out of battery or, or whatnot so yeah um, well and then going even deeper into that you know let's we're t let's talk more of it on the technology aspect um like you said you have a different device zoom doesn't go well or didn't go well before people use different software people have different technical uh, abilities um so i you know event hosts i think need to also take that into consideration this is a whole another landscape that a lot of us weren't prepared to pivot to. <laughs> and so um, we need to be as detailed as possible, you know, like step-by-step -step directions of how to get onto the event, how to use the platform. Um, one that it, it goes back even to what you were saying, you know, even the fonts, making sure they're easy to read, the text is large, good color contrast. Um, Absolutely. Probably putting, you know, making sure customer support having right. a customer support team before and during the event. That is right. huge. And yeah. speaking to the affordability part a little bit, I, I, this just popped in my head because I just remembered I read something on Twitter the other day. Someone said, um, don't expect um, speakers to, to speak at your conference for free. And someone commented on that and said, well, or at least be very transparent about um what your budget is in the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. Or say that it's a volunteer option. And you have to think about that as well, because we are in a financial crisis right now. So people need to make money whichever yeah. way they can. And so, um, you know, it's not just about the people who will be consuming the content. It's the people who will be providing it. You have to make sure that everyone feels taken care of, basically, as much as you possibly can. Yeah. Or like you said, be transparent, let them know, you know, this is right. whether you don't have it in the beginning too, because um, sometimes you do get a lot of asks uh, for speaking gigs, you know, they want you to do a lot and um, you just want to feel like heard or at least, you know, make sure there's some sort of 
um, return, even if it's not financial. There's yeah. has to be something, you want something from it. You know, you, you are investing sure. your time. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. Definitely. That's an amazing, and it's an amazing point that I just made. <laughs> no, but you made a better point about how the asks are. Like, I didn't even think about that because I've never spoken at an event before. But yeah, like people do ask a lot, don't they, for free sometimes? Sure. Sometimes, yeah. And, and again, <laughs> Unheard of, but it can happen. <laughs> That's the thing. It's just, you know, making sure that they they know that what they're going to get in return. We the event ho- Like these events, they're getting in front of a lot of people. So, you know, maybe it's even like an extra, like a, I don't know, maybe an extra paragraph in the newsletter to highlight that individual. I don't know. You know, there's people can look at it differently. Um, right. But, you can say, what does, what can I give you yeah. without money being involved? You know, um, yeah, like, you like go. I can tell people, Hey, I try to list what I can do. I can, you know, write you this, this, and this, I can give you a commercial. I can, you know, walk your dog. I don't know, whatever <laughs> it is. And then, <laughs> Let them pick and, and, and see, you know, because you'd be surprised. Some people will know exactly what, what it is that they'll take. Um, not some people, a lot of people know exactly what their, you know, alternative is to money, what they'll take in, in lieu of. So, but um, also to give credit to yourself though, too, because you do have a podcast that is, has a good following, you know, so that is also exposure. So it doesn't hurt to ask people to also promote it. You know, they're going right. to be on it as well. It's a win-win for everyone. The more people sure. who can listen to uh, just your podcast, for example, you know, it's, again, it gives it a bigger audience to all to, to your podcast, but then also to that person speaking. So, right. Yeah. The same thing goes for events. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. See, I like where your head's at. So, <laughs> um, I mean, overall, I think the whole uh, pivot to virtual, um, I know I'm going to sound terrible because this is the second episode in a row where I've said the p- a benefit of the pandemic, which is not what I'm trying to go for, but <laughs> I do um, enjoy everything being vid- digital and virtual right now. I mean, I think there obviously is a lot of benefit to in-person events, you know, and seeing people in real life. And I'm a lot less awkward in real life sometimes (laughs) when I'm having conversations. So obviously there's the flip side to it. But um, as, you know, a mother of a two-year-old who doesn't have like any help right now because of what's going on, it's, it's like a lifesaver in a sense because I can access the things that I normally wouldn't be able to. But then again, this isn't normal circumstances. So it's like, I'm just trying to see the positive, I guess. (laughs) Too much, maybe. (laughs) You have a good point, though. And and honestly, I don't think that component's going to go anywhere. I do believe events are going to start focusing on hybrid events, which will still offer both the virtual component and in person. Um, I like that. Just because it, it makes sense. You can reach a larger audience still, you mm-hmm. know? And, and I think that's what a lot of event hosts are realizing. So I, I'm all for it. I, I definitely am glad we have, you know, people moving towards virtual events. Um, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. even have found people in my own state that I've found in the last few months if it hadn't been for the virtual offerings that have been available, you know? Um, so that's pretty wild to me. I, 
I didn't even know, <laughs> you know <laughs> that there is this other part of the community that, you know, I mean, I knew that there were, you know, I'm not that ignorant. I know there's people that I've never met before, but right, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. There still, there still was a lot of noise too. You can only meet so many people at an in-person event unless you're really working in the room. So, and too, like me, I am like, like you said, you're less awkward in person. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of like, I know I, I, Yes, I've had experience speaking uh, at events and everything, but I have anxiety. And so right. sometimes I'll be in the corner, like just chatting with a few people. So sometimes right. I don't work the room at all. And virtual has definitely allowed me the same to meet more people. Right. Yes. I like how now you can kind of get more of a targeted um, approach to your events, because a lot of times when I go to an event, I'm like, oh, I want to go to this booth and see this person and watch this, you know, session or whatever. And it doesn't always work out that way when you go to this ginormous uh, location, you know, like this big yeah. hotel or event space and you're like overwhelmed because A, people start running into you that you might know or recognize and you're like, oh, you get thrown off by that and you get, I have social anxiety even though I present as an extrovert. I'm one of those introverts that prevent, presents as an extrovert, you know? <laughs> but, and so, but with the... um the digit, the virtual events, you can go, oh, I want to go right into this booth right now. And I don't have to talk to anybody if I don't want to. <laughs> and I can just see what this is about and not worry about, you know, having any conversation at all or having it if I want to, you know, and uh, that's pretty cool, I think. And it's really funny to see like how people either are really comfortable in front of the cameras now or aren't, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's interesting. <laughs> We're all in this like weird, you know, space together. But I think it's like also pretty fun, you know, it's like, hey, guess what? My hair is a hot mess. It's a frizz, frizzy halo around my head. <laughs> and, uh, but it's, uh, that's the case for a lot of people right now. So it's okay. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Well, and then too, now we also, because it's virtual, a lot of the platforms are recording this, the, the, the speakers. So let's say- right. You know, like you said, you're at a conference in person and you have that time frame, you get distracted or pulled away. Now with virtual, we can actually just say, oh, it's okay. I missed it. I'm going to go back later on tonight and, you know, rewatch the presentations I missed. Right. Um, or, you know, even a, a week from now, some of the platforms will keep it up longer. So um, there's just more access, like you said, to to this. Yeah, it's really cool. And like some people will put, you know, calls to action now at the end of events, which I think is really cool. Um, like M4MM, they did one recently on Facebook Live and they had a call to action that they partnered with a few other uh, organizations to create. And it was like, this is how you take accountability in cannabis and, and you know, actually provide inclusiveness and diversity um, in this space. And it wasn't just like, you know, vague statements. It was like, step a step b basically this is how this is a template exactly how to do this and i don't think that you always get that in a real you know in a, a live person event you know yeah um because there's so many other elements to think about when you're trying to organize something that maybe that would get lost in the shuffle somehow you know so true so true i like that that's so yeah that is a good detailed uh call to action too. Yeah, I think it's making social um, justice and accountability like a little bit more accessible as well to people who think, how can I be more of a help? What can I do to change, you know, mm -hmm. or affect change? And 
they'll tell you, you know, it's like, yeah. here you go right here. <laughs> you can do it. There you go. So I, I like that a lot. Um, so what else? I think that we have covered a lot. <laughs> um, but we're going to, like I said, we will have a, a, a more fleshed out list on the Medium channel. Um, but before we go, can you tell listeners how the cannabis community can support you right now? Um, is there a call to action or any events you would like to highlight? Yeah. Um, first off, thank you for, you know, bringing me back. Uh, I always enjoy our conversations and, uh, yeah, we, we, we went through those conversations, those topics pretty quickly. So, and <laughs> like you said, we'll have it more detailed. We'll have a lot more tips to share, uh, even some guides. So it'll, it'll definitely be helpful once that gets up. But, um, in two things, let's see, two things I would like to share. Um, so event high normally does not host events, but we do host, so this sounds weird. (laughs) We, we don't host our (laughs) own like, uh, events. However, um, we started incorporating community events. So giving back to the community, giving back to the earth, uh, giving back to people. And, um, with COVID, we obviously had to move those from in-person to virtual. And so we are currently working on our next upcoming community event, which is a glass artist virtual event and glass art virtual auction. Um, so we're going to be highlighting and talking about the history of the glass art community, um, bringing in some OGs who have been growing glass for 20 plus years to talk about the, you know, how they got in and, and when it was before back then recognized as paraphernalia and now to what it's become. Um, the funds raised will be donated to the Last Prisoner Project. Um, they are an organization that is a nonprofit coalition of cannabis industry leaders, executives, and artists um, dedicated to bringing restorative justice to the cannabis industry. Um, so that was something really important. We wanted to make sure that we were looking at ways to find nonprofits that were you know, helping those who are still in prison for this plant or who have been um, affected by the drug war. Um, and so this is why we decided to go with them. Um, and then also, you know, if anyone is looking to host a virtual event, um, or in some cases in certain states, a a socially distanced in-person event, definitely keep event high in mind. Um, for those who don't know who we are, we provide a safe hosting platform for event hosts to sell tickets and sponsorships. And now just for the interim with this whole COVID landscape, we also offer virtual event production services. Um, yeah, wow. so you can <laughs> learn more on eventhigh.io. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that is, where are you on social media? Um, so if anybody wants to stay connected, you can find me at Miss Adelia on Instagram and Twitter. It's M-I-S-S-A-D-E-L-I-A. Awesome. You're so amazing. And I'm so happy that you joined us today. And I think I mean, we didn't go over every single thing. But I think we went over some of the um, most important aspects. But you know, just to summarize, I think that, you know, we understand, especially you understand, because you work with people so often uh, with the event organizers, it's it's very difficult to to do an event like I don't I should have probably prefaced this whole conversation with that I don't want people to say oh yeah nice easy for you to say what events are you hosting or creating you know uh 
I know it's I've, I've done them done them in the past but I know this is a different landscape and and it's like something new every five minutes that you have to contend with right yep um and I'm sure there's something that you deal with on a daily basis that you don't expect there's something unexpected with the events I'm sure you're dealing with yeah it, it's the same it's like in-person events any kind of event something will go wrong no matter how much you tech check no matter how much you do you just mm-hmm. got to continue to be ready to roll with the punches <laughs> right yeah I mean it is not for the weak of heart but I think <laughs> being in cannabis period is not for the weak of heart especially exactly. right now so yeah. it's like if you're already in for the wild ride um you know try to think about all the things and you know I'm sure that um, you're available and and so is Event High for consultation when it comes to, you know, being mindful about these things. And I know you have things that are, you know, I know there are going to be more things coming from Event High in the future. So I'm, I'm sure that, you know, people can be on the lookout for that. But, you know, contact people. <laughs> who know what they're talking about um you know because it, saying that you did your best when you really didn't it, it, it's it's becoming very clear nowadays very quickly like it, so save yourself that headache right <laughs> and, and try just try as much as you can and if you can't be really transparent about why you can't honestly yeah. you know i mean that sounded uh redundant but really it's it's so important um always but especially right now to be really honest about why you can't um be more accessible yeah no that's so true you know just yeah be honest about it or or just i mean we all have there's 50 million things we're doing a day you know and and some things may get pushed on the back burner and we're human so but we do need to recognize where we're not you know where we're not paying attention or how we could do better and how we will learn whether it's for this, you know, events, how you'll make your event better next time and more accessible or, or whatever it is you are working on. Absolutely. Um, so on that note, uh, I'd just like to say thank you again. You're amazing. And I want you to come back at any time. Seriously. Me too. I will. (laughs) We'll be back. We'll have more conversations. (laughs) Absolutely. So until next time, stay high and beautiful. Here is a sample of the single Girls Who Smoke Weed. Song credits are as follows. Producer is Sean MCS. It's directed by Green Thumb EDU. It was engineered by Mike Moore, the producer, and Habel Beats. You can listen to the song on Spotify, and it's called Girls Who Smoke Weed. And the video, which you can check out on Instagram following any of the people who I just mentioned in the credits, you can find the video samples that include a lot of women who are in the industry. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at Your Highness Podcast or on Twitter at Highness Podcast. Be sure to rate us on iTunes and subscribe.